The Nuts and Bolts of Writing, Season Two, a podcast where we talk about literature, the ins and outs of writing, and how to actually start writing. Hey everyone, this is Tete Dupunk, one of the co-hosts of the Nuts and Bolts of Writing. On this episode. My co-host, R.N. Ravala, and I review the recent cinematic blockbuster, Christopher Nolan's biopic, Oppenheimer. Today, we'll be exploring the stunning impact and how it's revitalized cinema. And what a wonderful experience it was. I've just returned from watching Oppenheimer in IMAX, and I'm more than excited to discuss it with you. So let's get to it. Why did you want to watch this movie? Oh my gosh. Well... I had heard about it a few months ago, and I thought it would be just sort of a run-of-the-mill, you know, sort of uh, hyped-up blockbuster that might be a disappointment. So I didn't really pay attention to it. I I was a little intrigued. It was about Oppenheimer. Um, this particular event and figure had always fascinated me, but I never studied. I studied the the event and the consequence, but I never studied about the man himself or the people involved in it because it was a, a joint collective effort. Um, and this mainly stemmed from an ironic place. Uh, I was into opera about over a decade ago. I still enjoy opera, but I'm no longer a uh, devoted fanatic of it. Um, I, I'm sort of a nostalgic person where I just like past productions and things like that. But there was one opera by American composer John Adams, uh, aptly named Dr. Atomic, and it dealt with Oppenheimer's moral crisis and the uh, Trinity test conducted on Los Alamos. And um, I that opera definitely resonated with me because I had seen um, – on PBS, the Soulmate, the Soulmate cast of when Met, when the Metropolitan Opera in New York used to do live performances at the Met, and they would record it and and Soulmate cast it into theaters, and and these would later be released on PBS. And I had gotten to see uh, Doctor Atomic on uh, on PBS, and it really blew my mind. I loved it. Um, one of the moments of which is probably one of the best baritone arias in operatic history is uh, "Batter My Heart." Um, it, it left a very profound impact on me. But as I said, I didn't really uh, delve into the man himself or the figures. I knew some of the names and what they did and what the, and I think for me, what, what really resonated with me was the consequences of these actions. But as Oppenheimer, the closer to the release date, and I saw the memes with the whole Barbie, uh, Barbenheimer shenanigans, um, I, I became intrigued. Um, I, I began to realize that maybe there is something to this movie. It was a slow dawning and I realized it's going to be a very, it's going to be, it's going to be, let's just say a, a cinematic, a striking cinematic experience. And it, and it delivered it really, in fact, it maybe went beyond my expectations. It was just so beautifully and heavily put together and, uh, also, too, for a very, very long time, I mean, ever since I enjoyed, like, 30s comics and pulp fiction and stuff like that, um, 
I've always enjoyed the idea of science and scientists and 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 the moral crisis that follow of that because I've always been opposed to the whole mad scientist trope. I've always strongly disliked it, and I I've always been intrigued by the the moral crisis that one could possibly face when you know involved in the politics of where you live and the fact that sadly a lot of science is connected to political funding and you're left with a uh, powerless juggernaut and i've always been intrigued by that so i do want to say that maybe uh it, 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 probably adam's opera <laughs> sparked more of that than uh than say comics and such because i i never liked how comics depicted science or even even some examples in in other media um but so so and this was also timely because i for the past couple months have been trying to put together a work that involves the moral crises of, of scientists during a tense political time so oppenheimer was the, like the most personalized best thing that happened so i that's why i wanted to see this movie and boy did it deliver I see. So it's more um, the theme that drew you to it. To me, it was quite different because uh, um, I really love Christopher Nolan's movies. In general, um, Interstellar is one of the best movies I've seen. And I've loved uh, Inception, The Dark Knight, Dunkirk. Uh, so both his uh, um, uh, sci-fis and his uh, uh, realist movies like Dunkirk so uh, Oppenheimer was going to be somewhere between um, and uh, I hold uh, uh, Nolan in very high regard and also I have great expectations from him and uh, given that um, the the cinematic scene hasn't has been quite dry lately uh i was really excited uh, really excited to go to a movie where i knew that the director put a lot of effort and a lot of artistry into its making so uh i went with really high expectations but uh, at the same time or especially because of that i did not want to know anything about the movie i didn't even look at the poster before it so uh this is the extent to which i went so it's not to get any spoilers because I really believe in forming my own opinions about something and not being biased in any way and not um, um, not having my attention drawn to something in particular you know I just want to understand things as they are shown in the movie as the director intended to show to them especially when it's about um, a very artistic movie like those of uh, Christopher Nolan so uh, yes so this is why I uh, went to Oppenheimer uh, so what did you like about this movie well um, just just to kind of like bounce off what you said you know you're absolutely right I think Nolan has really really surpassed himself like he's reached the pinnacle of his art and He's brought to us a, a very profound experience. Um, and also, too, it's refreshing because we have lived in a very terrible desert of of cinema. It, it's just been a desert of franchise after franchise and just so bogged down by CGI, you know, action pack fest that action kind of means nothing now. We'd be desensitized to action. So the fact that Oppenheimer didn't rely on action, but 
the human psyche was refreshing. And, and that kind of ties into the next question. What I loved about this movie was it, it, it understood storytelling, but at the same time, it was so natural. It did not feel like a gimmicky movie. It did not feel like it was trying to pull fast punches. It did not feel like it was trying to, you know, like pull any modern tropes that we've associated with the run of the mill cinema today. Um, it really, it really immersed us into the perspective of, of not only Oppenheimer, but for example, I, I think the strongest points of this movie were with the Los Alamos and the Trinity test. Uh, you felt so immersed that you felt like one of the scientists in, in the team and you almost, you felt invested in seeing the success of that bomb go off. And it, it was kind of a terrifying experience because it's like, you know what this bomb's capable of, yet you've seen all the hard work and, you know, sacrifices that the scientific team has made, but you still wanted to succeed. So you're holding your breath and you're hoping it ignites and you're there with the scientists, you know, you almost want to like hold up a, a, a welder's glass to your eyes. And I remember uh, one point in the movie, um, I think it's, I probably got the names wrong because my mind's still reeling from the awesomeness of it. Uh, one of the scientists, uh, Hans Bethe, um, he's just walking around like, put on your welder's glasses. I'm like, put them on. And I was yelling it in the theater, put them on because that explosion is going to go off and then you're going to get your retinas burned and you'll be blind or maybe permanently blind. So we don't know how blind, you know, because like, usually you wear welder's glasses to prevent blindness from um, arc flashes. So, I mean, who knows how this is going to blind you? So I'm like, put on your welder's glasses. And I was yelling that in the theater, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, th this is, uh, th that was one of the, th that, but yes, this is what I liked about this movie. And it was honest and it, it dealt too with political strife and conflict and, kind of an agonizing um uh, an, an agonizing trial for Oppenheimer you know he's he's very much stripped and and violated of his past connections of which you know this man just he he just he had convictions he had beliefs and he wasn't afraid to voice them despite the naysaying of others and sadly it costed him because um you know, just to aptly put it, um, you know, how do I say it's, how do I say it, how do I say it, it's like the, the focus of the red scare truly punctuates how perilous conviction can be against political conformity. And, you know, it's also showing too power runs in the courses of the inevitable. If you have the power and it, it's a bit like the quote from Strauss, power you know, remains in the shadows and, and no one really has the power to stop the gravitational pull of politics and humanity. That's really, really well said. I agree. I agree. Right. Um, I, I know what you mean. Uh, these are some of the things that I really loved about it as well. I love the seriousness of it, the gravitas the theme deserves and with which uh, uh, Nolan treated it. Uh, I love that it doesn't sensationalize it, neither the work that Oppenheimer does nor his personal life. 
um, there isn't any unnecessary drama or uh, tear-wrenching scenes, but instead it is tasteful, it's realistic, it's matter-of-fact, but also very artistically depicted. Um, I love the cinematography, mainly those uh, surreal juxtapositions between Oppenheimer's reality and his dream of consciousness of the tremendous power of the sun and of the dying stars and uh, later on once the uh, the bomb goes off um of the terrifying force that he has unleashed um uh, i i don't want to go into a, a lot of detail just to spell it out in case uh, uh, some of our viewers haven't watched it yet but you know what i mean and that i think those uh, uh juxtapositions were an excellent way to show not only his passion and dedication or later his dread and guilt but also to show how beyond our struggles and limited understanding there are powers that we can never fully comprehend or control and that there is danger in thinking that you can control them because I think that this is what the movie was essentially about and uh, the way that Nolan uh, showed those things uh, I think made the movie more than just a biopic yes it was realistic but it also had another dimension um, that that was the um the way in which you you understand the power of it all so that was beautiful and powerful and also inspiring awe as uh as it should be given the theme and also i love that it's very bold and it tackled a topic that isn't often discussed and that is the atomic bomb and the fact that it took so many lives and it was a very conscious decisions a decision that that people took on that the the politicians took on to take so many lives yes it was war but those were civilians that died and the ease with which that was taken it's still mind-blowing to think that that happened and yet we see it not in a way that uh it's uh um uh judgmental of the way in which it happened because there was a context to it but we see it from the point of view of the scientist who had a very different relation to it right because we see his uh um fascination with it as a theory because Oppenheimer was a theorist first and foremost and uh his ambition to uh to solve the problem and once he does it gradually um uh, falls out of his hands and it it starts to to take on a uh, a life of its own in a way because once he's uh, done the tests and once uh, his superiors are shown that everything uh, works and that it's feasible this is when Oppenheimer completely lost control of it and I think that was really bold to show it it was it was it was it, it was such a reverberating experience and I think too like you said it's it's the kind of callousness you see with 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 politics and government I mean they're even like discussing draw points for the bomb and and they they kind of joke about it which it it's so heartless you know what I mean but it's sadly the the true face of uh war 
you know, that's, exactly. um, it, it's the power hold, you know, and, you know, I, I remember, a, an interview with, with, uh, the actual Oppenheimer and he's talking about how in the twenties and thirties, after people learning, you would hope people would have learned their lesson after the great war, which is what, uh, world war one was called. And you think people would learn that lesson and try to go higher beyond that kind of barbarity and and you think something like this will instill enough, instill enough fear that people will not use it but instead it it's altered our our modern world and now so many countries already have this and it, it just takes the push of a button and you know what i mean we have cradled uh it's it's like our foot is on a precipice and if we take one wrong step or one inch further the, the the stone crumbles and we fall into the abyss and there and there's no way back you know just because of our modern ascension and um it it it's it, it it's 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 a damning you know indictment but at the same time it's it's an agonizing look in into such torment experienced and also the consequences of, of having, uh, you know, having conviction, you know, if you don't conform to the heartlessness of politics, you will be singled out. You know, uh, I, I feel like a lot of these themes kind of embodied the well-known lyrics of, uh, of the song by MG, uh, MT, Little Dark Age. And I know it's been used a lot for, for memes and videos and edits, but the, the lyrics strike very true. Um, but I guess, I guess to get back onto course, what, what you, what you have said just is absolutely right of the movie. It it really does. It's, it, it's something that I think some movies have, have kind of glossed over, especially like in, in the, in the Western sphere, so to speak with a, with a point of view on that. Right, exactly. So uh, um, I think that the political and moral themes were very um, uh, tastefully and uh, uh, profoundly conveyed throughout the movie. Yes, they were. Absolutely, they were. So uh, what did you not like about this movie? So um, I feel like... I, so with every film, there has to be a Persian flaw. And I, I think any work, any work, whether it's a movie, a book, a story, any kind of work, an artwork, any kind of art, there always has to be a Persian flaw. And I think the only Persian flaw I can see here, um, probably maybe the relationship with uh, Gene Tatlock. I mean, I feel like on one hand, it was kind of necessary to understand you know, his personality per se, and the impact that she imparted to him. But at the same time, it it just felt a little tacked on to me. I, I think of, if, if I try to imagine the movie without her, um, pro probably it, it would have seen maybe a little bit dry for most audiences. I would have been fine without it. Um, and then I think the only other thing maybe I didn't like um 
probably the wide panning shots you know i mean it's like i i enjoy panoramics shots but i feel like the real power is in the intimate shots because you want to get uncomfortably close you want to get so close that you see their eyelashes and skin pores and and it's like you really delve into the eyes of their psyche and and you see that mental landscape uh form before you within that person as they're experiencing something or, or who they who they're questioning who they are so i i think for me that was the that's that's probably the only flaws that i found in the movie that aren't really big flaws they can stay you know the movie's still wonderfully strong but if we were to remove or edit them you know it would be no, i wouldn't mind it at all like it, it would just be more serious and more like punch me in the face you know Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I guess for me as well, um, it, it's not a flaw, but something that I would like to see more of. Um, like I said in the beginning, I loved those uh, um, surreal scenes. And I wish there was more of that. Um, it's definitely not a criticism at all, because if there was more of that, it would be a different type of movie. It would be maybe, I don't know, another Interstellar, because those parts were uh, the parts that really reminded me of Interstellar. Um, so, of course, when I went to see a biopic about one of the, mo the, the gravest moments in history, I knew I would see something uh, sober and realistic. Um, and uh, so it's not a criticism that there wasn't more of that and also very importantly if there was more of that uh that would change the main character's personality because Oppenheimer isn't a dreamer yes he's a theorist but he isn't that head in the cloud scientist is always uh dreaming about the objects of his study like you like you said uh he's not the uh stereotypical scientist at all so um um, of course, um, those, I, I, I don't think, I think that would have shifted the, uh, um, the emphasis, but for me personally, I enjoyed more of that because that would show more of, uh, um, into his, uh, I guess, stream of consciousness rather than politics as it was. I did enjoy the politics, but if I had made it, I would have made less of the politics and more of the, um, I guess, uh, personal scenes uh, with uh, showing his thoughts, you know, rather than yeah. all the, the discussions. The, yeah. Uh, but that's not criticism because this is the type of movie that it was and... Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it as it was. Um, so um, how, uh, how did you find the cinematic score? Oh, the score, you know, that was one of the main things that drew me to see it. I, I felt drawn. I was like, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus. I, so when I first had seen people like putting snippets of the score online, especially the reoccurring theme of of Oppenheimer that's when like you you feel the you know that you know that yeah. it just struck me and and hearing it in theater it, it it did it so much justice I um unfortunately my local cinema is kind of your standard run-of-the-mill outdated place in a small town so I didn't get to enjoy it 
in IMAX with booming stereo, which I really wish I could have because I would have loved to have heard it shaking the rib cages of my heart. Um, but but uh, but but the theme, uh, the score itself, um, especially you know Ludwig uh, Ludwig's uh, uh, Göransson's score was just so rich it had this beautiful loop it reminded me of the circular motions of a turbine or you know the the symbolic nucleus uh you know we often associate the atom with and it, it's like one person on youtube uh, a lot of the science crowd love this movie so i was happy to see that they said it it reminded them of snapping uh synapses going off in the brain and they love the score. They said it sounded like a scientist's lament, both modern yet yet drawn out and poignant. And it was tastefully done with its simplicity and lightness, um, with tinges of electrical in it, you know, just to evoke the modern century. And I, I love the score. I can't get enough of this score. I, I I actually listen to like pieces on it on repeat, like especially like ones like not only the Oppenheimer theme, which it's dubbed, but I guess what it's more accurately known as Can You Hear the Music and Destroyer of Worlds, which is just a revisit of Can You Hear the Music, but it's so much darker and devastating, you know? Yeah, that was really beautifully described. And that's true. And I can't wait to to listen to the score again. Um, I did watch the movie in IMAX and I do not regret uh, traveling for this one bit because it was beautiful. And uh, uh, wow, the, the, those were some really powerful scenes. You know, the, the key scenes of the movie where the... Uh, um, where, with the bomb right and it it was amazing to to watch that scene and to really hear the the rich sound and the the sound effects not only the the music as well and uh yes it it was beautiful so how did you think the visual imagery and sound design work in the movie so the, the visual imagery and sound design worked in the movie it it was such a beautiful union um it it really shows what happens when you can make that wedding wed together a visual imagery and sound and they work hand in hand like whether it's the the pounding in the auditorium of a crowd stomping its feet um mimicking like the sonic boom of of a bomb's dissension or whether it's uh the silent intervals of that are punctuated by the sharp sounds of the violin. Uh, and I, and I like what uh, uh, Gernensen said that he wanted to represent Oppenheimer through the violin because it's a threatless instrument. But then once, once you change the vibrato on it or anything, it suddenly becomes erratic and maniac. And then it gets lost into the pulling drive of the orchestra. And you see that like, especially like, the last motion, the last movement um, of uh, Can You Hear the Music or Destroyer of the Worlds. Um, it's beautifully put together. Um, and I, I also like to the more subtle scenes um, such as Kitty taking down the sheets and, and you just feel this striking silence and solitude of, of the New Mexican desert and she's taking down the sheets and it it just, it it feels so realistic, like 
we've all done laundry. We've all, ha we all hunt, we all hang it out. And we know what it's like just to stare at something and, and not think anything of it. And, and little do you know that you're, you're going to witness the change of the world, its destruction, so to speak. And uh, it was beautifully done. Um, I feel like I, I'll let you take this because you, you have a very wonderful appreciation for it. What, what did you think of the uh, scientific imagery and how that corresponded with the music, especially the theme? I think that was really beautifully done. And um, uh, like you said about the sound, I really love the moments of silence. I generally love silence in movies and uh, i'm i'm fascinated with the with the idea of silence in writing as well uh so uh, i i really love those moments and i think that the way that the the, the sound um um the alternates uh with uh, silence um uh, is really powerful and really beautifully done in the movie and uh i i loved uh, the um those um um those amazing images of uh um uh, symbolizing the atomic bomb right and uh, and the power that it represents so i think those were uh, uh really the highlights of the movie for me and uh, i i like how the uh, um uh, science is handled that uh, you get a lot of information uh, enough to to really feel the gravity of what is happening but it doesn't turn into uh, a lesson or a documentary uh, mainly through the visuals and I really liked how that was handled I think that was you're absolutely right it was handled perfectly and you know one thing that kind of ties into a previous question I, I think if I would have written it just like you would have changed some things I guess for me I would have changed more of the exploration of that science you know um, as someone who's fascinated by it and I have no mathematical comprehension whatsoever I once did good um, at uh, math but I mean, uh, algebra, but anyway, I would have, I would have loved to have seen more scientific exploration and um, that would be one thing I would change. Um, and I think we have, I think we have a few more questions to go down, I think. Uh, right. So first I wanted to um, ask you uh, what scenes fact the most impact in the movie? So I would say that the the scenes that had the most impact would probably be, I think for me, well, it was first is when he's a young student and his his exploration of discovering quantum physics and and, and conceptualizing it, that had serious impact. Um, I think the other ones that had the most impact were probably the intense and you know, almost painfully degrading interrogations put forth by this pretty much illegal board. And, you know, one scene is where he's kind of shown as maybe not spoiler alert, I won't describe the whole scene where he's kind of shown as almost naked before these men. And it's a symbolic, you know, violation. And that that scene itself had impact and just the sheer ma malicious malice of uh, particular the one um, prosecutor, um, 
I think Roger Robb it was just just the pure malice emanating from that man I hated him and I was in the theater and I called him a weasel I actually called him a stronger name but I had to keep <laughs> myself quiet because everyone's saying shh it's like and I was like yelling you you know and uh oh I, it just got me so stirred and I think the black and white uh IMAX shots were beautifully done because it evokes memory and then um Last but not least, the whole thing at Los Alamos is, is beautifully done. Um, and, uh, you know, also the final scene with the, I, I don't know, it, there's a final scene. I won't say what happened, but it ends with such simplicity that it, it is profound and so sobering. Yes, yes, I I completely agree. And you named some of my favorite scenes as well. Um, so yes, I loved, like I mentioned, the ones with hairs. I guess I could call it the stream of consciousness, right? Um, I I love those, uh, those that juxtapose between uh, the powerful imagery that's going on in his head uh, versus what is actually going on around him. So uh, those were definitely my favorite. And uh, um, I love the ones with uh, Einstein and... Uh, the one with President Truman, that was really powerful. And so scary. Uh, it made me hate I him know. So much and more. it was amazing to watch that and to know that he actually said those things and he actually did those things. So so that's uh that's historically accurate. And it was um I really liked how it was uh shown in the movie. It was scary as it should be. And um Right. Those were those were great images. And you're not even going into the the spoiler ones and the ones that, uh, you know, pack the, the most punch because that would be spoiling for the audience who hasn't seen it yet. But uh, what do you think about something that has been discussed online? And that is the sex scene, the uh, one with Jean Tadlock. Oh, uh, God, I got to go into this. I mean, you, you, do you want to give your voice first? Or do you want me um, to go ahead? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I, I want to, to go first because um, I heard that it was controversial but um, I didn't really understand exactly why. I mean, I know that um, uh, I, I know what people say about it, but I did not think it was redundant at all. And uh, I don't uh, I OK, I don't find sexuality and nudity to be offensive so as i understand it a lot of people were offended by that um i know that there can be redundant sex scene and scenes and i have seen plenty of them in uh, movies and i know when something is redundant but here i think that uh, it showed the uh, uh connection between them and the fact that they were reading a book together and it was something that was very inspirational for uh, Oppenheimer I think it was actually very um, impactful because it uh, um, he was in a vulnerable moment right he, he was in a moment of intimacy when he was uh, um, uh, open to feeling and the fact that this is the moment when he uh, quotes that line um, I, I think that it made 
the sex scene more powerful and it also uh, fits with the uh, emotional state that he was in at the moment. So no, I did not find it redundant and uh, uh, the nudity, well, this is how people have sex and it's an R-rated <laughs> movie. So I really movie. don't <laughs> understand why someone oh. would be offended by that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I kind of understand it. I mean, for me, the quote is quite important. You know, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. It's it's basically a very loose and a loose form uh, paraphrasing of uh, the eleventh uh, the eleventh uh, chapter, thirty fourth verse, thirty two verse, I think, of the uh, Bhagavad Gita. I probably mispronounced it, so any uh, speakers, please correct me. Um, but but basically it, it it's 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 a text that he quoted on a news interview which has echoed in you know timeless infamy and it has such a different context because you know for me what that symbolizes is that it's done in the plural you know he's re referencing himself in the plural he's describing los alamos as a plural thing like yes he is the leader but this was a collective effort of everyone like the scientists like teller uh beta um, you know, e even even a, a little bit of touch of Bohr there, um, Niels Bohr, by the way, not that it was boring. <laughs> um, yeah. But but, you know, so science is not a solitary venture. It's one formed of a team united or not in ideology or even concept or solution. And 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 he refers it as we um, it's an orchestration of many agents um, visiting mix of conflict and unison. But but basically it, it also the whole verse of this relates to the fact that it shows the in inevitability of, of destruction and that we're all in this juggernaut of, of orchestrating our uh, destruction because in this scene, you know, um, Arjun is pretty much forced or compelled by Vishnu and Vishnu and, and the original translation um, is, is, is a little bit different. It, it goes, and this is a translation I have, you know, it says, I am time grown old, creating world destruction set in motion to annihilate worlds. Even without you, all these hostile warriors arrayed in hostile ranks will cease to exist. And that's pretty much a sort of a, a realistic parallel with what the atom bomb and the atomic age birthed. you know, this thing of where it doesn't matter if you're here, the effects of what you did will live on and you have no power over what you have unleashed. Um, and it's inevitable. So this is what the quote means. The quote means a lot to me. Um, for me, the sex scene, I wasn't a big fan of it. I wanted to see more of maybe like conflicts of science or something, um, maybe more some political stuff, but I'm okay with it. Like you said, it showed a lot of his personality and vulnerability. Um, but overall, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm okay with it. Um, I probably would have loved to have seen uh, Nolan recreated in black and white IMAX shots, that infamous interview. And I would have loved to have seen Oppenheimer, you know, give interviews in the movie and see, you know, Killian Murphy try to recreate that dead hollow look that the actual Oppenheimer had in his eyes that were just like hollowed out voids of, of dead despair. But that's my take on it. But overall, it was a beautiful beautiful profound movie it was an experience and it really reverberated in me it certainly did batter my heart you know
I know. And it's it's the same for me. It was a, a wonderful movie and experience. Thank you so much, Tete, for uh, um, your analysis. It was it was excellent. And it was a pleasure to remember the movie with you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to work with you. And this was a wonderful experience to share with you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you.